This is Player One on Sin. I'm Stefan, and I'm here with Nick, George, and Harry. And we have an interview guest tonight. On the line, we have Adam Brown, who is a senior digital media lecturer at Deakin University and also a tabletops games lover. And his projects include our gamified world and social media stories. Adam, how are you going, mate? Good. Thank you for having me. Excellent. Uh, so, Adam, uh, first, let's just start off with the tabletop games. So, what are you currently playing? What board games or tabletop games are you currently playing? Or do you recommend that we should check out? Well, I'm a big fan of what's called Ameritrash games, which is your more thematic game. So the ones that I've been looking at lately are Lord of the Rings, Game of Thrones, Walking Dead, not necessarily all adaptations, but I'm obviously missing the movies or the episodes from TV. And uh, that's kind of my, my flavour of the month or the year is really thematic games that tell a story and let you make a story within them. So one of the recent ones is Lord of the Rings Journeys in Middle-Earth, which um, actually uses your tablet as well. And that's, um, you know, just amazing what the tabletop games are doing now. That's really cool. How do you see uh, the tabletop, like, game scene in Australia? Like, uh, from your perspective as someone who plays a bunch of them? Yeah, it's pretty... I mean, it's, it's amazing, really, even since I got into them. And I'm, I'm pretty new at, new at it compared to a lot of the real gaming hobbyists. It's, it's huge in terms of pack doors. It takes up what feels like... An, probably is very likely 50% of the geographical space of Paxos, the huge tabletop section where all the board gaming companies could have come in or the, the stores come in and have their little market stalls there and stuff. Um, it's, it's a massive hobby, and when you look at all the little communities that get together at uh, Good Games or um, you know the, the various sort of uh, shops around Melbourne, uh, you can you can see that there's just a, a massive interest in it, and a lot of people for some time I've been to even conferences on board games uh, talking about the golden age of board gaming, which is in part thanks to video games. Ironically, because you'd think the video games would kill them off, it's actually really you know given it a huge surge. Uh, any games that you're currently looking forward to upcoming? I mean, I try not to look at Kickstarter all that much these days <laughs> because there are always, I mean, it's, uh, there's thousands of games and probably 50-ish percent of them get through and get funded uh, that come on crowdfunding now. Uh, there's, there's lots that I look forward to. I think I've been pretty good and this might be the only time that I'm actually not waiting for one to come out that's going to, you know, arrive on my doorstep at some point. But, uh, yeah, no, I've, uh, I've got a couple. There's some interesting ones for my work and, and that I'll use, and I, I even bring some games into the classroom at times as well. I mean, it's nothing, there's nothing like breaking the ice between people and having some party games uh, all the way through to your three- or four-hour strategy games. Uh, tabletop games will never be replaced um, by any other kind of hobby completely. Would you ever consider making your own tabletop game? Oh, you, you could have asked me that two years ago. I might have said no, but I've had an idea in my head that I think most board gaming uh, fans have that I would love to make, a bit of a open-world exploration fantasy-themed game that I've, I've, I've been turning over and turning over and saying that maybe one day, once I've retired or I've died, that I'll actually be able to put it together. But, uh, yeah, I, I would love that idea. And, look, that's... That's one of those great things that crowdfunding, Kickstarter, and even the odd game on Possible and other platforms uh, have actually given people access to. There are you know, university students out there who have made their careers, uh, even when they've got a full-time job. There's one guy uh, who made an amazing board game via Kickstarter who has now you know, become a very well-known board game designer 
uh, and I'm sure that he just had a, a, a pie-in-the-sky idea at one point, and he lived his dream, and he went and made it. So you should never say never, hmm. but at the moment I have to say not now. Would you consider the connection between digital media, the influence of digital media impacting tabletops as a positive one to help you know, yeah. guide tabletops along? For sure. There's, there's a bit of resistance to it. You know, I'm sure there's a, there's a few traditional gamers who hate the idea of bringing any digital sort of app uh, to bear on the, ga- on the gaming table. But the really interesting stuff for me, and I guess I'm biased because I work in digital media, but the really interesting stuff at the moment is this, the intersection of digital apps with the board gaming table. So you can get games like uh, there are Mansions of Madness and the Lord of the Rings one I mentioned before is kind of the the fantasy version of that where you can't play the board game without a tablet but it will take you through and it will immerse you in atmospheric sound effects and music and you'll have to play little mini games on the tablet in order to unlock parts of the board so you've got this really nice synergy of the the board gaming components on the one hand and the tablet or your phone or your laptop on the other and that's really phenomenal what's happening there. The other thing is that a lot of the traditional board games and card games that get far enough in terms of sales and popularity to make it into almost what you'd call the mainstream, you know, not into the Monopoly and Mousetrap area, but big enough, they actually have seen more and more digital adaptations of them come out on Steam and uh, on mobile. Uh, so that that's sort of a really big area too. You've got board game designers who now find themselves, probably to their surprise, being video game designers. So it's, yeah, it's oh, wow. a really interesting time. Is this uh, is this connection with digital media, brand, like, is this a recent thing? Is this a more contemporary thing that's happening over the last few years, or has it been beginning since two thousand ten, two thousand five? You know, is this something yeah. that's coming in through now? I, I've probably been collecting, I guess, it feels like more than a decade, but maybe it's a bit less than that now. And back then, whatever game you were getting, you probably wouldn't have been able to get what's called a companion app, you know, something to randomise the cards, to make setup a bit easier, to keep track of your score, anything like that. A lot of games are now getting these free companion apps, maybe made by the designer, maybe made by fans. And there's a lot of digital uh, sort of player fan fan-made extra content now that you can print out and play with. I think that Board Game Geek, the website, which is sort of the main hub of tabletop communities, that, that's been around for a long time, but I think that huge surge in fan-made content, obviously the internet and social media have made that easier, uh, but the, the really complex stuff with digital board games, or you know, however we want to, whatever we call them now, that's only been the last couple of years that I see these tablet-based games that you actually have to have an iPad to play it um, come out and that's only in its really beginning it's, it's going to be amazing to see what will come out with augmented reality probably playing a role uh, which it has in a couple of cases that I've heard of Nice, so you've also got a podcast and web series called Our Gamified World which is currently on hiatus uh, so what do you explore in this show, what do you actually like discuss mostly? Yeah, well, my interest in, in gaming has sort of led me to discover, along with a colleague, Danielle Tachinet, gamification, which is a bit different to gaming. It's basically the idea of gaming elements, bits of games, parts of games that are applied in non-gaming contexts, like education, health, business, marketing, whatever. And uh, that kind of thing, I think, is, is a huge uh, area when, especially people who might want to do something that involves games but maybe won't be games 
game designers, uh, that's, there's a lot of, um, there's a, a bit of a niche there, I think, for people in various industries to understand and, and apply gamification. It's basically the idea that you, how do you engage people in, a, in an age where the crisis of engagement across sectors in education, in business, I mean, there was a study I read recently that said 60 to 70% of all employees working in, a, in certain industries are disengaged. How do you get them to go beyond the bare minimum and be motivated to do what they need to to enjoy themselves? And so applying gaming elements to that through gamification is something that I'm really passionate about. I do it a lot in my teaching. And it's uh, there's no one cookie-cutter model to gamification, but it is certainly at least a partial solution, a very effective solution in a lot of cases to uh, the problems that industry faces. So that's kind of what the, the website and the web series our gamified world does. We're in the middle of the second season now, and we're we're looking to um to do the third season around um, probably education in particular next year. But uh, it's just a huge area that uh, it's almost so big it's everywhere and it's become normalised. But there's plenty of examples of that I could go into. But yeah, that kind of interconnects with my board gaming interests too, I suppose. You also have another podcast on top of that, uh, which is called Social Media Stories. What exactly is that about? Yeah, well, social media stories started uh, last year, I think it was, and I've got it up on you know all the Apple Podcasts, Podcasts, and Spotify, and uh, Google, and Spotify, and all that kind of stuff. That is, uh, I just talk to people, have conversations like you're doing now about uh, their social media experiences. So researchers, uh, industry practitioners, and past and present students. And do you find that there's a relationship between the tabletop games and video games and the social media? Do you think they come together well? Yeah, well, I think there's parts of social media that are inherently gamified in some ways. You think of the you know, uh, real-time, continuous feedback of social media, and that's what makes people check it and like it so much, the fact that they get feedback. There's also the you know, avatar customization on so many different platforms for that matter, and that's a, a gamified element that you can certainly get when you play role-playing games, Dungeons & Dragons or whatever. There's also the... Um, Know, the, the fact that you've got user agency, the, no, the notion of choice. People love making choices. They don't want to just be guided around. And, and the most pop, you know, one of the most popular genres of uh, video games being that open world sand, sandbox style game. At the moment, there's um, there's an element of that that I think that I like to harness in my social media teaching as well. So I think that social media is inherently gamified, even more explicitly so in things like Tinder, online dating sites. And, uh, you know, YouTube had the very controversial YouTube Heroes gamified kind of set-up structure that they tried out a few years ago. So there's, there's things happening all the time that uh, gamification, whether or not it's given that name or people recognize it like that. Awesome. Well, thanks very much, Adam Brown, for joining us on Player One today. And uh, you can follow Adam Brown. He has like 20 Twitter accounts. At uh, Digital Zones is one. So try that one. <laughs> thanks again, Adam. That would be the best one. Thanks for having me. Cheers.